The town of Conception Harbor can't pay garbage collection after financial accounting troubles means that the town council has no idea who owes how much in taxes. More than two dozen workers are fighting to get back wages they are owed after their food processing company goes bankrupt. The video of the murder of William Amo at the hands of correctional officers has been released publicly. Morocco rocked by massive earthquake with more than 2,000 people dead. And Niger warns that France is amassing troops to fight to restore former leader. Good morning. It's Monday. September 11th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. First up, the town of Conception Harbor in Newfoundland, Labrador, is in a financial crisis due to hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes and municipal grants that have yet to be paid, reports CBC News' Elizabeth Witten. The lack of funds is impacting town services like garbage pickup. They will also be dimming the streetlights by half, at least, to save some money. But the town council doesn't actually know who owes taxes or how much they owe, said Mayor Craig Williams. He said that council doesn't have access to that information and that they're currently hiring a temporary town clerk. They also need to hire a comptroller. Williams refused to do an interview with CBC, though stated many of the things quoted in the article in a note on Facebook. The municipal grant is held up by a lack of audited financial statements. Williams said that they haven't been able to produce financial statements for 2021 or 2022, quote, due to ongoing issues before the courts, unquote. Witten reports that Williams didn't say what those issues were, but that former town manager and clerk Bonnie Lynn Wade was charged with 31 counts of fraud, theft and breach of trust. She had used a town credit card 10 times, spending $3,600, which is isn't really that much money when it comes to actually like theft charges. So I wonder what the rest of those 31 charges are against her. Next, to Mississauga, where more than two dozen workers are on their third week of protest against an employer who is not paying the workers their full wages. The protest is held at Live Freely Foods in Mississauga. They started paying workers only partially for hours worked because they said the company had a difficult financial situation. At least 50 workers are each owed between $2,500 and $13,000, reports Spring Magazine's Krishna Saravanamutu. The company had declared bankruptcy, and these workers have been picketing daily to demand what they're owed. The workers are mostly from Punjab in India and worked 12-hour shifts daily to produce baked goods. The goods were sold to Costco, Walmart, Metro, and other stores. The workers didn't actually make minimum wage either. They were paid just $14 an hour, nor did they get overtime, vacation pay, or stat holiday wages. This past Friday, the company paid the workers $50,000 to cover some of the unpaid wages, but the workers are continuing their protest until they're paid in full. Next, video was shown in a Manitoba courtroom of the murder of William Amo at the hands of correctional workers at the Headingley Correctional Center. Amo said that he couldn't breathe more than 20 times in the video. It was shot more than two years ago and is evidence in the trial of correctional officer Robert Jeffrey Morden, who has been charged in Amo's death. He has pled not guilty to criminal negligence causing death and failing to provide the necessaries of life. Amo's family requested that the video be released publicly. Amo was Anishinaabe from Seguin First Nation. 
The incident on camera started with Almo telling Michel Jolicard, the crisis negotiator, that he was upset over hearing racist comments earlier that day. Almo had a mop handle that he was swinging around while guards threw stun grenades and chemical weapons at him. He's then taken to the ground by seven officers who restrain him. CBC News's Gavin Axelrod explains the events in the video that ultimately result in Almo's death. They're really difficult to read, and so I won't go through them here. But I'll just say they sound as if he was tortured. By the end, he is non-responsive and without a pulse. The trial is on pause until September 25th, when Morden's lawyer will likely call witnesses. Next to Morocco, where more than 2,000 people have been killed in an earthquake. It's the strongest quake to hit Morocco in more than 100 years, though an earthquake in 1960 killed more than 12,000 people. More than 1,000 people died in the province of El Haouz, and thousands of people have been injured. The epicenter was about 72 kilometers southwest of Marrakech. The quake has impacted more than 300,000 people and many historic sites have been damaged and destroyed. The damage was worse closer to the Atlas Mountains and some towns have been completely destroyed. Many countries have said that they will help Morocco with humanitarian aid, including Algeria, who's agreed to open its airspace so that humanitarian aid can get to Morocco faster. Algeria has closed its airspace to Morocco for many, many years. And finally, to Niger, where military leaders have accused France of organizing for a military intervention. French President Emmanuel Macron has said that he would take action at the request of the former Nigerian President Mohamed Bazoum. The coup's leadership spokesperson Amadou Abdraman said that France is also considering a collaboration with the group The Economic Community of West African States, also known as ECOWAS. That bloc has promised military action if the military leadership doesn't give power back to Bazoum. The Junta leadership has claimed that France is amassing military aircraft and armor vehicles in Côte d'Ivoire, Senegal, and Benin. The Associated Press couldn't verify this claim. There are just under 1,500 French troops in Niger. They have been working with Nigerian forces to fight against Islamic rebels. But since the coup, all French activities have been suspended, reports the Associated Press. Those are your headlines for Monday, September 11th. I'm Nora. Yes, I survived the conservative convention. I have two more articles to write about all of that. So make sure you do check those out either at the Maple or I'll do a whole rundown at Substack when it's all finished. It, uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty difficult thing to cover, having been banned and refused access and having to figure out how to do it from outside the facility. And of course, you'll know the big stories are the policy motions that were passed, some pretty regressive and hateful stuff in there. I don't know, folks. I think on the questions of of the transphobia within that party, what's pretty clear to me is that we've got to do a lot of work talking to especially older folks, especially older women uh, in our families about these issues. Uh, There's a lot of ignorance underlying a lot of this hatred. You're listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you have a really good day and I will talk to you tomorrow.